Hi everyone, welcome to the first episode of Simo Speaks. Today we'll be discussing Morocco's 3-0 win over Tanzania. I want to begin by saying I had uh, issues with how Bain was presenting AFCON and how they present the product. There was no commentary for about the first 13 minutes of the game. And when the commentary did finally kick in, the first thing that was mentioned was the valuation of Morocco's team versus the valuation of Tanzania's team. Something along the lines of $600 million for Morocco compared to $6 million for Tanzania. I don't know if that is the most fruitful discussion to have as soon as the commentary kicks off, but that is a choice that they made. What I would like to discuss first is the haircuts that the team had. Um, they're all rock and bald and taper fades, or the baldy. All natural thing. No one's going to Turkey. This is a true Afghan heritage team. Of course, Abdel Zilzuli has long hair, but he's only 22 years old, so there's no need to limit the young man. Um, Formation-wise, we saw Morocco went with a 4-2-3-1 as opposed to the 4-5-1 that they were going through the World Cup. But Regragui has been changing up the formations during various friendlies. As we see with Brazil, he also ran something similar to this 4-2-3-1 and later adjusted at halftime. Tanzania was going with a 5-2-3 low block, which initially started working out well for them, but um, Regeregi saw that Ziyech was the key to unlocking that low block. Tanzania started off uh, holding a lot of possession, but most of it was in their final uh, third or mostly their half of the field, which Morocco as a team that doesn't necessarily care for a lot of the possession, they prefer to play on the counter. Uh, wasn't really a uh, recipe for success for Tanzania. We saw that with the continued pressure at the 30th minute, it won Morocco a free kick, which um, Ziyech is always going to take those if they're on that right side of the field, but we have seen Hakimi make them twice. That was last AFCON, though, with uh, Mizrawi and Ziyech missing. Ziyech takes the free kick from the right, absolute stinger, goalkeeper, Tries to block it, puts it a little bit to his right. Roman Seiss, uh, not being man-marked anymore, runs, hits it with his left foot, first goal at the 30th minute. Roman did get a yellow card later on in the game, which if he gets a few more of those, or I believe one more of those, it's going to cause a suspension if Morocco were to make it um, out of the group stages later on, which they most likely will. I wanted to bring up at 37th minute, we see uh, a Hakimi cross to Yusuf Nasiri, who was actually mentioned during the lineup call by the commentator as Josep of Morocco, not Yusuf, so I will be referring to him as Josep or Joseph for the rest of this. At the 45th minute mark, Ziyech Curler gets uh, blocked by the keeper, and it was absolutely stunning. Uh, the technique, the way he hits the ball, the direction, the accuracy, the pace, all of it, but it makes you think, why doesn't this guy work out at club level? What's going on? I do think, to a certain extent, that is motivation. Um, I think he just cares more when he plays for his national team, but I also think for the style of player he is, it's not necessarily something that complements the modern game as much. Uh, he's a right winger that's going to do one specific thing. Um, doesn't have a lot in his bag, in my opinion, but he can be very techy for Morocco when needed. Most of the subs are like for like, which is a good thing for Morocco because typically depth is something they struggle with in most tournaments. Uh, two of the subs came in right before the second goal. Uh, Bilal Al-Khanous came in for Salim Amallah, and then Amin Adli came in for Abdi Zulzuli. Um, Amin Adli contributed to the second goal with Unahi, which we'll be talking about later. Uh, and Bilal Al-Khanous is, is, a, is a wonderful player. I think him and Abdi have been showing that with time they can make it really crack into the national team and play well. 
Throughout the course of the game, we saw that Willy Dregregi did change from a 4-2-3-1 formation to a 4-1-4-1 formation with Sofian Amrabat at defensive mid and Yusuf Nassidi up top as a striker. Sofian Amrabat in defensive mid is what all United fans were hoping would work out for us. Um, unfortunately, the project does not seem to be going as well, but Amrabat back to Morocco is giving 7 out of 10 performances again. The most important player in my eyes, of course, is Azdino Nahi, um, Raja Casablanca Academy, but... The style of play relies on him. Everything has to go through him, um, and it's better if it does. Uh, eyes in the back of his head, able to pinpoint passes, but also able to manipulate space and time in order to put the ball where he needs to put it. The second goal came at the 77th minute with uh, a bunch of nice little passes outside the Tanzanian penalty box. Um, they tried something a little bit like that a minute before. It didn't work out, but 77th minute, Unahi, wonderful link-up play with Amin Adli. Little one-two short clever passes right outside the penalty box. As in Unahi, right-footed shot, center of the box, bottom left goal. Something that I'm always nervous about whenever these international tournaments are happening or friendly or something like that is the head loss that is eminent by the Moroccan national team it was all right today but I do fear that if Abdel Zuri keeps getting targeted because of his size and how quick he is to go down um, I think it's going to be very dangerous for Morocco to keep biting at the bait Abdel uh, Zuri played a great game today we saw that 11 out of 12 pass accuracy 92 percent um much better compared to some of his performances in the World Cup. Obviously, the World Cup, he was a bit younger, um, more experience, more time. He made the move to Real Batiste. He's going to be touching the pitch way more now. I'd like to see a similar move uh, for Bilal Khanous right now. He's in the Belgian League. I'm not sure that that's the best option for him. I think I'd prefer to see him somewhere in Serie A or Ligue 1 even. I'd even take him in the Eredivisie. I just don't think that playing in the Belgian League is going to do him any favors for his career. I think there's a there's a player in there, but I do think that some work needs to be done. At the 80th minute, we see a wonderful Joseph Nesedi goal, um, assisted by Hakimi, but a lot of the work was done by Hakim Ziyech. Uh, a lot of jinky majinky got past his man, gives the ball to Ashraf Hakimi. Hakimi takes the ball up, crosses it over to Ziyech, to um, Nasiri, apologies, left foot a goal. Ziyech and Hakimi um, chemistry is one of the most important ones, I think, for this national team. I think their link-up is really potent. I think it works really well. Obviously, I've mentioned multiple times now how Ziyech is the key to unlocking Tanzania's low block, uh, but that's not always going to work. In the next game, obviously, if somebody is man-marking Ziyech a bit more or were to just give him a knock or two, he's pretty much out of commission for the rest of the game. That allows Hakimi to come up. Hakimi's a bit younger, has more pace, a little bit stronger, too. Um, allows him to get past the man that Ziyech sometimes can't. I mentioned that a lot of the subs were like for like, but the two that I don't think were at all were Yusuf Nasiri for Emin Harit. I think Emin Harit is incredibly creative. Um, most sides, uh, I think he works a bit better on the right-hand side, but I don't think he's as much of a goal-scoring threat as uh, Yusuf Nasiri is. I think uh, Nasiri is more athletic. Obviously, he's had less serious injuries to his career, but even before then, he's obviously a proper number nine, as opposed to Emin Hadid, who likes to operate more like a, like a 10 or an 8. Um, I mean, Hadid is obviously more creative in the middle and on the sides as, composed, as, a, as opposed to, to Nasiri, but not sure if... Uh, Creativity is what we always need. I think uh, Unahi does a lot. I also think that a lot of players can, can bring the ball up. A lot of players can, can do link-up play, can do transition play. For example, um, 
we saw Salem Amallah. Uh, he he brought the ball up, gave it to Unahi. Unahi is the one who who set up Ziyech for a cross. I believe somewhere in the 40th minute. That was it was blocked, but still, um, those were two different players that helped transition the team. The other sub that I don't necessarily think was like for like was Hakim Ziyech coming off for Ayub Al Kabi. I think Ayub Al Kabi. Um, isn't like Hakim Ziyech. I don't think that he has the same type of creativity, pace, but I do think that he does a lot on the defensive end. I do think he helps control the momentum of games. I do think that he's incredible on set pieces. I think he needs to stop trying to go for that overhead kick. I think he needs to stop trying to go for that bicycle kick, but nevertheless, um, I do think that he's a solid defensive piece for the team. I don't think Selim Amallah played uh, as bad as some other people were pointing out. Um, I don't mind him coming off for Bilal Al-Khanous. I mentioned earlier, I think Bilal Al-Khanous is a player. I think there's something there, but I do think that he needs a little bit more time. I think he's only 19 or 20, so he's, he's still very young, but like I said, doesn't play top flight ball. He plays in Belgium. I don't know if that's going to be beneficial to his career long term. Me as a Moroccan, obviously, I don't I don't want him there. I think uh, top flight ball is where he needs to be. Um, then if he can't cut it, then obviously go make your money somewhere. And uh, the last one was Unahi coming on for Bufal. Um... I don't know if those are like for like. I don't think so. Um, but I, I do think that they're going to bring something special to the team. Unfortunately, Pufal, you know, injury prone. He can't get more than about 30, 45, 30 minutes in a game. Um, it sucks, but that's the stage of his career at this point. Uh, Unahi is who I always want starting. I always love to see his name on the team sheet before the game. And I know that I'm in for something special. Even when Unahi plays for Marseille, I think, or or Renz, um, or not Renz, um, when he's playing for Angers, people people were tuning in just, just to watch him, just to see what he would do. Um, and the last one was uh, Abdil Zulzuli for I mean, Adli. I think those are a bit like for like. Um, but... I really appreciate it. I mean, I'd lead a link up play, one two passing, clever, clever passing uh, with Unahi. I think Unahi's the maestro. He sets a lot of things up. I think the more the younger kids play with Unahi, the better players they'll be. Uh, it was nice to see Morocco not necessarily even have to leave third gear the entire game. Um, and that's what's nice about having so much depth and having these substitutes is that once you see guys start getting a little tired, you don't even need to risk any type of injury. You would just plug and play with the next player, like for like sub, good to go, keep it moving. Although I'm here just to talk about Morocco's performance in this game, I think that if it wasn't for Aishi Manula, the goalkeeper, I think the scoreline would have been way more. Obviously, a goalkeeper is meant to do a job, but I, I don't think it helps um, when your left back, Mohamed Husseini, is just having a, a, a stinker of a game. Uh, Moroshi getting sent off, I think he's one of their most talented players. He plays for Donetsk, Shakhtar Donetsk, and... To, to see him get sent off, I know he has disciplinary issues a lot, but he, he's talented. There's a player in there, and it was disappointing to see him go off. Uh, 28 out of 38 passes, um, three crosses, zero connected, 10 long balls, two uh, connected. Nobody on the opposite side of that, but, but I don't think that's his fault. I think he's creating opportunities. I think it's a lack of talent around him that's unfortunately failing him in this case. Uh, obviously, that frustration is going to lead into head loss. The player I want to focus on for a little bit is definitely Ezdin Unahi. I think, obviously, he's a Muhammad, uh, Muhammad V Academy graduate, as well as Raja Casablanca. Um, but I, I think his, his composure is, is really what makes him so much more different than the rest of the midfielders that Morocco has produced. I think he's so calm. He thinks, but it's split second. It's incredible reaction time. The way he's able to stay composed while pinpointing passes, dropping them right at the player's feet, and 
they don't even have time to react to do something because the next situation has already started the next play is already going on Unahi is already there to be set up boom that's how the second goal was made and just to recap first goal Roman Sice cleans up has the leftovers after Hakeem Ziyech stunning free kick it was stinging stung the goalkeeper on the gloves palms it to the right Roman Sice cleans it up the second goal starts off with a missed opportunity at the 76th minute. Morocco gets the ball again because of a, I think I believe an Amrabad tackle, gets the ball up. Clever, clever, clever passes by Azdin Unahi and I mean Adli back and forth, back and forth. Unahi, right footed shot from center of the box, bottom left into the goal. The final goal was 80th, Josep and Nasseri. It was Hakim Ziyech, Jinky Majinky, getting away from his man, pushing the ball up, incredible overlap with Ashraf Hakimi. Ashraf Hakimi crosses it over to Nasseri, Nasseri, goal. The next game for Morocco is on Sunday, and that's going to be against the DRC. I'm not necessarily worried about that. Um, I think that's going to be fine. Uh, three points to pick up. I think what is the most important thing for Morocco to do is to maintain injuries, to remember that this is a marathon, not a sprint. Tournaments are obviously always going to be different. It's always something, anything can happen. But it is interesting to hear how Morocco has its own sleeping, eating, and health accommodations. How they recover, how they train, how they practice. Typically, um, in previous international tournaments, the excuses about bobbly pitches, sleeping accommodations, the health accommodations, how it's harder to recover, isn't something the fan base wants to hear. Um, Host nations don't always win the tournament, so therefore it's not useful or fruitful for the supporting team of whatever traveling country is to, to hear that, oh, that we didn't win because of X, Y, and Z. So if this is going to be another way for you to not use that as an excuse or as a crutch, I'm all for it. Uh, just for a quick minute, I want to run through the, the groups as well as who's currently leading them. Uh, with Group A, Cote d'Ivoire, Ivory Coast is on the top. Uh, group B, Cape Verde, is at the top with Egypt and Mozambique, both having one point due to their draw. Um, group C has Senegal at the top with Cameroon and Guinea, both at one point. Group D has Burkina Faso uh, with uh, three points and Angola and Algeria with one. Group E has Mali and Nambia with both three points, with Tunisia and South Africa having no points. And lastly, Group F, Morocco, uh, with all three points from today's game, and Congo and Zambia, one point due to their draw. So I'm going to end this with my top five AFCON players. These are my favorite AFCON players. These aren't necessarily my favorite African players. Uh, these are just my favorite players during this specific tournament. All of them have won it, so no Drogba. He's a fantastic player, lovely player, but not on this list. At number five, Mohamed, 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 Abu Trika, Egyptian. Number four, Ahmed Hassan, Egyptian. Number three, George Weah, Liberian. And number two, Yaya Torre, Ivorian. And at number one, Samuel Eto, Cameroonian. And if I were to say my all-time favorite African player, um, it would be somebody who has hit the stairs, RIP, Moroccan, Raja Casablanca, Abdelmajid Dolmi, legendary player, legendary Moroccan, Moroccan GOAT. Thank you so much for joining me on this first episode of CMO Speaks. We'll be back with more AFCON coverage, some United coverage, some Ligue 1 coverage, but most importantly, vibes and inshallah.